Father, we thank you this morning that you are in this place. Lord, you have been here since the first person turned up and opened the doors. God, your power is real. God, and whatever we're facing, whatever is troubling us, whatever cares or worries, whatever breakthrough that we need, we know that you are the answer, that you are the solution. God, and we place, Lord, all of those things at your feet. Lord, whatever relationship dynamic, whatever health need, Lord, whatever financial area, God, we place it at your feet. God, and we know that you are working. God, so we don't look to man, God, but we look to heaven. We thank you that you are real and you're relevant, God, to everything we're facing. God, and we just receive your power. God, we thank you that right now you're healing bodies. God, you're removing wounds. Lord, emotional scars. Father, we thank you you can do that in this moment. God, I just so sense your power. God, just your love that's in this room. God, we don't overlook the fact that we need you. God, that our world needs you. God, we just receive it right now. In Jesus' name. Just keep receiving. Personally, just in your mind, just start thanking God. Whatever, it's, whatever you need, whatever that concern or that care is, just start saying, thank you, God, for bringing change. Thank you for bringing healing. Thank you for breaking that addiction, that struggle. Father, right now, I thank you for your power. God, I thank you that you're going to speak so clearly. God, I pray you open our ears to hear from heaven. God, but to keep receiving your power. God, I pray that we'll walk out of here, God, knowing that you've spoken personally. God, but some of us will walk out of here healed and set free. God, with fresh perspective, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Hey, can we give a massive clap to God? Because, you know, he does deserve our praise. You can take a seat. I just want to say we need to recapture Christmas. Can I just say that we have to recapture Christmas because it's not Xmas. Like Bonnie said, it is Christ's birthday and we need to make sure that everyone knows about it. However you can do that, I just think it's so important. Hey, so I want to tell you a story. About three months ago, my daughter Emma, who's nine, um, she, we are a really sporty family. I used to be a PE teacher until God unfortunately called me out of the schools into church, which I don't like because there's all Christians there. But anyway... Um, and, and, you know, the language is all clean at church, you know, like, my, but anyway, so anyway, we're a real sporty family, and Emma, we're playing hockey, and, and on that, fr- uh, I think it was Friday evening, she started complaining about her knees were really painful, and we'd never heard her say anything like that before, and we're, we're going, okay, what's this about? And then the next day, she woke up, and they were still sore, um, and I, I think that day she actually went to a birthday party at Rainbow's End, lucky thing. And um, so she was walking, running all around it. And by the end of the day, she was actually having to be carried around by her friends. Her knees were that sore. And woke up Sunday morning um, and she was like crying because she was in pain. And we're like, oh no, something's really, you know, you're thinking sports injury, it's going to go away. Something's going to go. And so at church, like she literally couldn't walk. One of her. Um, friends was actually piggybacking her around over to kids church and so we're talking to a nurse in church afterwards 
And we're just telling her, you know, because we're quite concerned about this. And we're telling her. And she said, oh, don't worry. It's just growing pains. And in that moment, we're like, really? And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll just be growing pains. And, and so Emma came over afterwards. And we're like, oh. And, but the nurse, who's a mum, was really like, no, you'll be fine. So we told Emma, Emma, we think it's growing pains. And it's going to hurt for a little bit, but you'll be okay. So, but guess what? She went to sleep that night. Knees were still hurting. Woke up in the morning, and she was fine. Did, am I saying God healed her? No. But what I am saying is when you know what's going on, something changes in your outlook. Something changes in your thinking, and it changes the way you look at things. And this morning, I, I've got this title, and you're going, what's this title about? My title is called Disinformation. And you're going to think, what? What Are we going to be talking about COVID and po- politics? No, we're not going to be talking about that this morning. But I do want to say, and this is a foundation to this message, that we are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I have a sister, some of you know my sister. And we are blood, we are sisters, we're brothers and sisters. We're not both sisters because that, yeah. I, 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 I identify as a male, I'm just wanting to say that. But anyway... What I do want to say is that me and my sister, even though we're family, we look at most things politically at completely opposite ends of the spectrum. We have different opinions on almost everything. It is, it is almost weird that we're from the same family because we look at things completely different. And yet, can I tell you, I still love her. And I accept her. I may not agree with everything. I'm not sure she loves me, but that's a different story. But what I say, we are family and we accept everyone. We can have different points of view and we can still be family. Because you know what brings us together is the unmistakable truth that Jesus is real, right? And that is our foundation. But I want to say that there's a verse in the Bible that says, when you know the truth, this is in John 8, 32, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Just like uh, Jody and I, when we heard about Emma, once we understood what was going on, it changed our outlook. And see, it's crazy the amount of lies and deceit that's going on. It's almost like truth has become the new hate speech. If we say the truth, people don't like it because if they don't agree, you're like, you're hating against me. I'm like, no, but it's the truth. And, And it doesn't work. And it's interesting that it's, it's kind of new out there, but it's what the enemy's been doing for, for decades. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, The devil walks around like a roaring lion. You'll know this. Trying to see who he can devour, who he can distract, who he can sidetrack, who he can deceive or lie to. See, there's been a battle. If you didn't know this, sorry, this is the truth. There's been a battle between good versus evil, Jesus versus Satan, Truth versus lies since the beginning of time. And that is the truth. And see, that is why I want to talk about disinformation today. Because the term misinformation, I'm sure you've heard of misinformation, and I think it's there, it's on the screen, is about sharing or telling people things that you think are true, but actually they're not. That's misinformation. But see, what the devil's been doing is he's been sharing disinformation. Because he knows what is truth. He knows what is true, and he's been trying to deceive the church, and to be honest, sometimes been very successful at it for a long time. Can you see the difference between misinformation and disinformation? 
See, disinformation is a strategy of the devil. And we need to be aware of it. Because if we don't know it, we don't understand what's going on. And this is probably the key verse if you're taking notes, because some of you are really smart, you'll remember it up in your brain. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4, this is the key verse for this morning. And just think about 20, like 2020, 2021, 2022. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itchy ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. That is Paul almost telling us what's happening right now. See, Christians, churchgoers, they're wanting to find somebody who will just tell them what they want to hear. And they're like, I like that guy. Yeah, but that guy's not telling you what the Bible says. Well, that person is not really preaching what God is trying to say to the church right now. That phrase, itchy ears, that is in 2 Timothy, is about people who just want to hear what agrees with what they believe. Can I just say, when I read the Bible, it challenges what I think. It changes my opinion. And too often, we don't even want to read the Bible. We don't even actually open the Scriptures and go, Oh, God, is that what you really say? See, because we need to find it for ourselves. So today I want to look at four areas of disinformation that I believe the devil has been working really, really hard to get into the church of New Zealand and the church around the world. Now, I know that for many of us, we don't take notes and we find it really hard to remember things. So we're talking about disinformation, but these four points all have a ship in them. Now, don't say the word wrong because you'll get in real big trouble and it's being recorded. So I'll try and say ship right. But the devil has been trying to deceive us with these four areas. The first one is a cruise ship. Now, who has ever been on a cruise ship in the room? Okay, a few of you. I would like to go on a cruise ship, but Jody doesn't like the idea of being stuck on a boat with our two kids. Well, that's what she tells me. I think the truth is she actually just doesn't want to be stuck on a boat with me. But that's okay. I I can handle that. That's all right. John 16 verse 33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now let me tell you about a cruise ship. A cruise ship is something that you think is safe, unless you're on the Titanic, not so safe. But you're on a cruise ship. And it's all about your enjoyment. It's all about your pleasure. It's all about fun and relaxation. Can I just tell you that is not the church? The church is not here for your comfort and enjoyment. And honestly, the devil's tried really hard to make that clear. We think we come to church and go, how how comfy is this chairs? Is the air conditioning okay? Oh yeah, I like this place. I'm sorry. That is not what the church is about. We are not a cruise ship. It is not about your enjoyment. If you come to church just to have a good time, I'm hoping you will. But that is not the purpose. And that is what the devil has been trying to say. And the devil has been trying to say, hey, if you come to Jesus, life is going to be amazing. Can I, can I tell you? That is not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say that. When I came to Jesus, I came to Jesus because I know I'm a sinner. And I've got wrong things in my life. And without Jesus... What does the Bible say? That we'll go to hell. Is that right? And that's the truth. 
It doesn't say come to Jesus and life will be amazing. No, what it says is come to Jesus and you'll find purpose. You'll find peace. And you'll know that Jesus will be with you in the storm. And you know what I've realized, and we need to say this more and more and more and more from the pulpit. My life is not a bed of roses. Although I don't agree with that statement because roses have thorns. So maybe it is. But life is not easy, right? There is pain. There's struggle. There's storms. And I want to say, if you are not going through something right now, you have either, you are either walking through your life with your eyes closed or it's about to come. And you laugh, but it's actually the truth. Or maybe you're just ignoring the thing that God is saying that you should be looking at or dealing with. See, Jesus did not come to make your life easy. And Jesus is with you in the storm. And I think that is what we need to understand. It's not about pleasure cruising. It's about understanding that when we face something, that Jesus is with us. Man, the more I see and the more I hear about great men and women of faith, they went through crazy things. Some of you will have heard that poem about footsteps, and I'm going to make it really short, but you know, the, the, somebody had a dream, and they looked back at their life, and they, as they were walking along, they could see footsteps on the beach. And they looked at, back at parts of their life where they were going through difficulties or real troubles, and they only see one footsteps. But when it was easy, they saw two. And they say to Jesus, two. And they, he goes, yeah, I was walking with you. But why during the hard times was there only one? And he said, because that's when I was carrying you. And see, Jesus is with us in the storm. Let's, let's not be mistaken. Christianity is not a cruise ship. It's not easy. Deuteronomy 31 says, For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I know that God will never send you something that you cannot handle with his help. Now, if you try to do it on your own, you probably will fail. Because we weren't created to do it by ourselves. But so many Christians think that if I come to Jesus, life is going to be amazing. And do you know what happened? COVID turned up. And people went, this doesn't fit my Christianity. How can we not be allowed to meet together? How can we do this, how that? Well, let me tell you, Jesus didn't say that in Scripture. He actually said, there will be storms. There's going to be things. And I'm not trying to talk about COVID. I'm just trying to talk about what happened in people's minds. When difficulties come, they go, where's Jesus? No, he's still with you. We just have to understand that life is not a cruise ship. I mean, have you ever heard of this guy named Job? What about Paul? Or Stephen getting stoned to death? Esther, Ruth, Jeremiah. Man, the list could go on. But we need to understand that is one disinformation that the devil's trying so hard to trap us is to think that you come to Jesus and life is like a cruise ship. It's not. Okay, so just lock that in away because we're going to touch on that in a little bit. The second ship is fellowship. Can we all say fellowship? See, in our promotion for New Zealand and beyond, because I'm, I'm a Church Unlimited Pastor, so I've got to mention New Zealand Beyond somewhere in it. But anyway, it says it's all about the gathering. Can I tell you, it's not all just about the gathering. It's all about us connecting with one another. See, for decades, the devil has been trying to sow the disinformation that the Sunday service is just about us and singing some songs and then 
then trying, I, I noticed, I just noticed, how come this block is fuller? Is it because it's closer to the door? So as soon as we say amen, you can run out the door? You know, do you, you're like, we, th- we think that church is not about fellowship, but it actually is all about it. And I'm going to shorten this whole part to say simply this. If you put a fire on the beach and you want it to go out on the beach, all you have to do is spread the coals out. And you can go back the next day and you won't be able to bring them together and side it up. I'll light it up. But if you put sand over it and cover it all up, but you leave them together, all you have to do the next day is come and blow on them and they'll burst the light. Why? Because if they stay together, they stay warm. See, Christianity needs fellowship. But here's my realization that I've seen, and this is a, this is a line that I believe we're going to be talking about more and more in Church Unlimited. We need spiritual friends. Can you say spiritual friends? Because if you can remember this, this is the key thing. See, if you have a Christian friend and you never talk about Jesus in your conversations, you never talk about the Word of God, then you have friends. See, we cannot do life and really keep going without spiritual friends. If you hang out with Christian mates from church, but you never talk about Jesus, you're just friends. But we need spiritual friends. And somehow the devil works so hard at trying to make sure that the last thing we ever do is pray or talk about the Word of God. He tries to distract our conversation so we're never encouraging each other in the Word. We need fellowship. We don't need to adjust the church service. That brings us together so we can really encourage one another. Don't let the devil deceive you or share that disinformation. Acts 2 verse 42 and 43 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, church, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. That was in homes and praying together. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done, were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. See, I want to say when we break some of these disinformation, we stop trying to go, oh, come to Jesus because he's going to make you, sort out your problems. No, come to Jesus because you need him. But when we start fellowshipping, we start growing, we start really, really becoming all that God's called us to, and we can't do it alone. The devil has tried so hard to do that. So you've got cruise ship, and then you've got, what's the next one? Oh, you're listening. And I want to say, remember that thought, spiritual friends, because that's the challenge. Do you have spiritual friends? Not do you have friends who are Christians, but do you actually have spiritual friends? Where you come together and you talk about, hopefully, what you've read in the Bible that week. Or you talk about a song that you've been listening to and you've been singing and God's upon it. If you never talk about Jesus or those kind of things, you're just friends. We need spiritual friends. Because can I tell you, when stuff gets rocky, when things get hard, we need people around us. Which leads me to my third ship, and that is discipleship. And I, I just see... That as the church, we've thought, oh, somebody's got saved. That is fantastic. Pastor Penny, you're going to be amazing. Is that what the Bible says? You guys aren't sure. Does, is that what the Bible says? You guys are still not sure. What does Matthew 28 say? You should know this. Sorry. 
Pastor Don, have you not taught them this? What does Matthew 28, this should be like written on the back of our brains, go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. Okay? Not make decisions, not just have good friends and go to the uh, adrenaline park. Nothing against adrenaline park. We need to have spiritual friends that we're discipling and growing together. And let me tell you, you do not need a Bible college degree to disciple anyone. It's not written in Matthew 28. Do you know what it says? It says, you go, not me, all of us go and make disciples. And you know what I've learned? I've learned that as long as you're one or two steps in front of everyone that you're discipling, you can disciple them. That's what I learned as a PE teacher. I didn't know everything. I just knew what I was going to teach the couple of days ahead. So if you're not really good at prayer and you're discipling somebody, do you know what you need to do? You need to get into a prayer meeting. So then you can drag that other person along to the prayer meeting. If you don't really know how to read your Bible, you've got to find out how to read your Bible and then you can teach it to somebody else. But here's the problem with the church. We think that discipleship or making disciples is all about the leaders. Matthew 28 does not say that. Matthew 28 tells every one of us, this is Jesus speaking to the church, for all of us to go and make disciples. And the reason why people aren't sticking when they find Jesus is simply because we're leaving it to one or two or a few people to make disciples. Can I just say, imagine, imagine not just Church Unlimited Whangarei, but imagine of the Church of New Zealand, if every single person discipled one person over two years. Over two, no, this is not two months, this is over two years. The entire Church of New Zealand would double in size over two years. But we all leave it to somebody or somebody else. No, we are all called to discipleship. And the moment we understand that, we're going to see stuff really start changing. But you see the devil's been pushing that disinformation. Oh, you can't disciple anyone. Oh, you don't know enough. You know more than the person who got saved two weeks ago, right? We actually know more than we think. And it's our responsibility. It's all of our responsibility. Do you have spiritual friends? Because actually discipleship is just being intentional and talking about the Word and helping them grow and finding out an area they're struggling with. You know what? When you've got somebody you're discipling, it actually pushes you to keep going forward because you have to stay ahead of them. Because what I've found with when people get saved, the first thing I want to do is I want to get them to sit over this section. Do you know Why? because I'm keeping them away from all the people who've been saved for the last 20 years and done nothing. Nothing against that section. I'm just saying this is more empty. But do you, do you know what I mean? When people get saved, they get excited. And, you, and if you're trying to disciple them, you've got to run to keep, out, keep ahead of them, right? That's a good thing to have discipleship. So we have got a cruise ship, fellowship, and the last one is a battleship. It's a battleship. And let me read you this. The church is not a cruise ship with a handful of people serve everyone else who is relaxing. No, the church is a battleship where it's all hands on deck and everyone serves in the mission. Everyone serves in the mission. I love the fact that God has called us on a mission. We have a purpose. You all have a purpose. Not just to get closer to God. Yes, 
but also to make sure people know that it is real. To be praying and standing in the gap for our community, to be crying out. I believe that we are, we are not far away from seeing God really break out. And people are searching right now. They are searching. I, I believe next year, nothing to do with what's gone on this year here, but in God's time frame. Because people have been through this COVID thing where it's turned their world upside down and things are starting to get back to normal and they're going, what is life all about? Well, you know where they find an answer? They find it in Jesus. And do you know who's going to point them to Jesus? That's right, Pastor Penny. Sorry, the rest of you need to get this. We're not on a cruise ship, we're on a battleship because there's lives who are going to a lost eternity. Because there's a battle to be fought. 2 Chronicles 20 says, The battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. But when we are on His side, we are in the battle. I'm sorry, you're in a battle. You've got a war going on. It is good versus evil. Jesus versus Satan. And you need to understand that. You can't think that you can just sit back as a Christian and do nothing. Because it doesn't work. It does not work. So don't let the devil trick you. We are in a war. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 and 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are, are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We have been given the authority. We have been given the power. But here's the problem. Most of us just don't fight. You think we're on a battleship, but you think we're on a cruise ship. You think everyone else is there to serve you, but it's not that. That's not how the kingdom works. Mark Cahill puts it this way. In the Christian life, we are not enduring a pleasure cruise to heaven. We are on a battleship at the gates of hell trying to keep as many people out of there as possible. Let me say that again. In the Christian life, all of us are not enjoying a pleasure cruise to heaven. We're on a battleship at the gates of hell trying to keep as many people out as possible. Some of you may not like the thought of a battleship. Well, let me put it another way. You're on a fishing boat. Pastor Don will like this. Jesus called us in Matthew 4 verse 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Whether you're a fisherman or a fisherwoman, we're all called to be fisher people. Do you understand? We're on a battleship. We're on a fishing vessel. The question is, if you don't have your hook out there, you're not going to catch anything. But we get lied to all the time. Why am I sharing these four things with you? Because I believe the devil's done a great job at distracting the church. at sowing disinformation so we don't understand the importance of it. So we don't understand the fact that church is not actually about your pleasure. And can I be honest? The church is not perfect. Do you know why it's not perfect? Because I'm in it and you're in it. And we need to understand that, that together we are the church and together we make something happen. But the church is not about our enjoyment because we're on a battleship and we've got to see things change in our community. Is that right? I know we want to see things change. I know that's in the DNA of this church and it's been there for many, many, many years. Well before Church Unlimited. But you know what? We can't just sit back. And we need each other. That whole thought of fellowship. 
man, you cannot do it alone. And if you keep trying to, hey, even, can I just say, not picking on any husbands and wives in the room because I'm just as guilty as any, how often are you talking spiritual things as a couple? Because that's how you develop spiritual friendship. Do, do we understand? That is what it looks like. But discipleship, you know, here's the problem. And, and this is what I've been doing for the last three weeks since the crusade had ended. It was great that we saw over 460 people make decisions in Auckland, let alone Wellington and Christchurch. But that's not where it ends. That's where it begins. And you know, I've, I actually got a text in my phone. I could show you it. I, I was texting a pastor in a church, and he said, and we've given them one person to follow up. And he said, oh, that person's not part of my church. And I re- replied back these exact words, that's the point. That's the point. You don't know the person because they want to be part of the church. But somebody's got to disciple them. Does that make sense? Somebody's got to disciple them. Can I have the band back, please? I don't know what God has said to you. I just have to share what I feel to share. But see, in this room, there's some of you who are like, man, I'm so challenged about the, the thought that I'm, I'm just trying to Look for pleasure and relaxation. And God wants you to have fun and God wants you to have life to the full. But it can't all be about that. Some of you, you're thinking right now, actually, I need more spiritual friends. I need friends who are actually going to really speak into my life. And do you know how that starts? By being a spiritual friend yourself. So when you meet with another Christian, actually bring something up spiritual. It'll be amazing where the conversation goes. I've got a challenge for you with discipleship. Who are you going to disciple in 2023? Maybe there's somebody in this room right now who, who is on your heart that actually I could get alongside them and disciple them and see them grow. Well, do you know if you do that, then they might disciple somebody else. And you just imagine what could happen. And the last one is understanding that we are on a battleship. There is a war that is raging. And it is raging. Just so often we have our eyes closed to it because we don't want to realize that we are in a battle. Every day you get up, you're in a battle. If you choose not to fight, I can't, I can't do anything about that. But that is the reality. We are in a spiritual battle. And if we don't fight, then unfortunately, no one is fighting on behalf of our city. No one is fighting on behalf of Norfolk. It is our responsibility. We are called to be fishers of men.